Welcome to Dumb Love. I'm Sally Brooks. And I'm Jen O'Neill Smith. And this is a podcast about all the dumb things that people will do for love. So welcome to episode 18. Yeah, she's legal. <laughs> she's <laughs> barely legal. <laughs> this has been like the most anticipated 18th birthday since the Olsen twins. This is. We didn't even have a sweet 16. Did we? Did we have a quinceanera even? No. We should start celebrating our episodes like we celebrate birthdays. Yeah. Let's do get... it. So, what, so now we have our driver's license. Yeah. And we can vote. We are like moving out of the house we can buy cigarettes yeah dude (laughs) on my 18th birthday i turned 18 and i moved out and i graduated on the same day no way i was like peace (laughs) (laughs) okay jen yes talking about our youth um you don't have to answer this if you don't want to but Uh, have you ever been arrested you know what no. What? I can't believe... I'm knocking on all the wood. I can't, I believe-, can't believe I've never been arrested. I can't believe bad girl Jen. I should have been arrested a lot of times. Uh, I've been arrested. Yeah, you have? Yes. What did you do? Oh, I mean, underage drinking. Oh, okay. But I think if I told this story I, already, I apologize, but... I don't think so. So I got arrested for underage drinking, which like at Purdue, it's a big college, so everybody gets arrested. It's like that how they make money is just like by ticketing um, underage people. So I went, I hit, they, you go to a court date and they were like, here's a fine and then we'll defer this. Like, we'll take this off your record if you complete alcohol classes. And so I did all the alcohol classes, but the last one was on a day that I had a final. (gasps) So I called the alcohol class people, People and I was just like, is it okay? I have a final. I can't miss my final. Can I miss this last class? And they're like, yeah, that's fine. And what they meant was like, yeah, it's fine, but you have to make it up. And oh. I thought, oh, it's fine, whatever. And so because I hadn't completed my classes, I didn't get the, I didn't like meet the requirements. So um, they sent a warrant out for my <gasps> arrest. That girl Sally. Yeah. yeah. So they sent a warrant, warrant, and then. I didn't know. The police officer came to my sorority house. Holy crap. You really were the alternative sorority girl. (laughs) Yeah, so they knock on the door and one of my my sisters, I mean, it was a huge house. It was a big university there. It's like, I don't know, over 100 girls live in the same house. And um, somebody opens the door and he's like, we're looking for Sally Treffin, which is my my main name and he's like and she and the girl was like um i think she's maybe at the union studying <laughs> <laughs> good looking out so i had to go turn myself in um and i they had to process me through so i have a mug shot oh my god and i'm googling your mug if i google you will you come up i think i don't think so because i think it was ultimately oh like it was expunged did but, you save a picture of your mug shot no i wish but you know because Sally, it was like i would be 2000. making a poster like frank sinatra <laughs> style but they were like oh ha, ha, ha. they were like laughing at me like oh but um, do you we have to ask do you have any tattoos and i was like oh actually i do i have two <laughs> you know, oh there. wow so they took a, take a picture of my tattoos (gasps) and um and then i i hired a lawyer with the money i was supposed to use for spring break oh no and because i didn't want to tell my parents um and then the lawyer got like pled it down to something else something else but um 
yeah, it was, but that's, I mean, it was like nothing, but then it turned into this huge thing, which is like so typical me where I'm just like, I just kind of ignore something and then it just blows up and I'm like, ah, this is why you deal with shit, Sally. <laughs> this is a huge plot twist. Yeah. <laughs> but Sally is the bad one. I'm the bad one. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so my quickie is about an arrest. So a few weeks ago, um, this is in Florida, um, a Nassau County Sheriff's Deputy, Mark Hunter, pulled over two bicyclists who were riding around without their lights on, and they had almost been hit by a car. Um, So the officer said both of the suspects, 35-year-old Megan Mondaro and 31-year-old Aaron Thomas, both smelled of alcohol and had bloodshot eyes, slurred speech. So Thomas failed her sobriety test and then, or his sobriety test, and then uh, Megan also, she said she wouldn't take them, so they were both Put, handcuffed. And she put was in that the, girl that friend that was <laughs> the Malvy girlfriend. Yeah, she was like, I'm, I'm like, gonna take, uh, uh. I'm gonna take any of your fucking test. What are you gonna do? <laughs> Arrest me? And then he was Dude. like, Yeah. <laughs> so he handcuffed them both um, and put them in the back of the in the back of the squad car. And apparently there was something like super sexy and romantic about the back of the car because he turned around for a minute and when he looked back in they both had their clothes off and had started to have sex how did they even with handcuffs <laughs> yes oh my God. <laughs> so he said the officer said he opened the door to stop them and that that aaron thomas was naked and that megan had her pants down he says down where her vaginal area was visible i also observed her bra was halfway off and her breasts were fully visible oh my like, gosh you yeah. can only imagine like how he was Writing his police report, yeah. like, um, okay, how could I make this sound? Partially, least... no, cross it out. Fully, <laughs> fully visible. Fully visible. <laughs> As the officer removed Aaron Thomas from the car, he knocked the deputy to the ground. Oh my god! And ran away <gasps> before being arrested at a Cold Stone Creamery. Which just seems <sighs> were like... these rich kids, dude? This sounds like some they rich don't... kid. They don't look shit. like no? rich kids, but I don't know, maybe. Meth kid shit. It looks a little bit like that, yeah. Okay. Um, so Megan became violent and started kicking at the deputy. Um, she was forced to the ground, and she had scrapes on her face. So they are both behind bars. and, um, and Still? They have, uh, this only happened two weeks ago, so oh, they actually wow. are being held without bail. They both actually have pretty long rap sheets so okay um, the megan had served 60 days in jail for a parole violation and um and aaron had served 46 days for assaulting a police officer oh wow their first rodeo oh i was picturing picturing they were like two teenagers riding bikes no they're like in their 30s like holding hands Oh, okay. This that's totally different. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So very romantic. So romantic. What a what a couple. Jeez Louise. Okay. I do you wanna hear my quiggle? Uh yes I do. Okay, remember when I said everything would be Halloween themed this month? I do remember that. Yeah. So so far, last week was Halloween themed and this week is gonna be Halloween themed. You're really um, sticking to your guns on this Halloween I am. thing. I love Halloween. You love Halloween. Um have you yet seen the movie um, Midsummer? Is it Midsummer or Midsummer? I think it's Midsummer. I think it's Midsummer. Okay, because I heard somebody refer to it as Midsummer the other day, and I was like, I don't know what to do. And you were just like, <laughs> you sound dumb, and they're like, oh wait, 
Maybe they're right. I know. It's like, maybe I'm wrong. It's like when people are like, oh, I ate some pho. And you're like, hmm. And then you're like, oh, wait. It is pho. It is I know. Pho. Oh, if there's a nail on the chalkboard word for me, it's pho. Is it? Yeah. I can't stand it. Just, I'd rather you mispronounce it and say pho. Yeah. I'll like you better if you call it pho instead of being like, let's go get some pho. <laughs> it just like hurts to say it. Anyway. <laughs> Um, um, no, I have not seen it. I okay, don't, I, don't I haven't either. Actually, I was like, I knew I was gonna do this story today, so I was like, I'm gonna watch this. Yeah. Last night I was gonna watch it, and then I realized it was fifteen dollars to buy, and I was like, I don't have to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's actually better if I don't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently, I've heard a lot of great things about this movie, and I've heard that it is—they're calling it the breakup movie of the year. It's. Uh, stars Florence Pugh, Pug, I don't know, and Jack Rayner. And they star as a couple whose relationship becomes unhinged after they join their friends on a vacation to a remote Swedish village. The movie is about like them going to this like festival in Sweden and it kind of looks like this like hippy dippy festival and then a bunch of kinds of fucked up shit happens to them. It looks good, but... A24, who is the um, company that is behind the trailer of the movie, Uh A24 has partnered online mobile therapy company Talkspace, which is, have you heard of Talkspace? Yeah. It's like therapy that you just text in. Oh, yeah. Which sounds awesome. It does sound awesome. I keep saying I'm going to do that, but then I I feel like I'm going to annoy whoever's on the other (laughs) end. (laughs) Just like keep texting. It'll just be like weird. You'll be like, Like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm voice texting from the car. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, sorry, this is spelling. (laughs) I know. It's just going to be a bunch of rambling and misspelled words. Um, I have friends who have done it and say it's great because I do think that there's like a big barrier. One, to like having the time to get to a therapist like, yeah. You know, to get to, and also just like the people with anxiety, it's really hard to like go and talk to a new person. Yeah, so. it is because, and it's a commitment because if you go to one person and you don't really care for them and you're like, well, I already started by telling you all these things. Right. I don't want to go tell another person all these things. Yeah. So I get it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I wish maybe we Talkspace want to sponsor us. I was thinking the same thing. I mean, I would try it if they want to give it to me for free. Sure. Yeah. How about you give us free therapy and we'll talk some more about how awesome Talkspace is. Yeah. But anyway, A24 has partnered with Talkspace to give away three months of free couples therapy to the viewers, like for people that have seen the movie. So this movie opened in July and made under $30 million at the U.S. box office. They are, it's, they're calling it a, it's, People have referred to it as a perverse breakup movie. Okay. Which sounds awesome. So How You Win is on the trailer for Midsummer, which you can find on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Facebook. <laughs> Facebook. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Um, all you have to do is tag a friend or a significant other. It's a pretty genius yeah. marketing move. You can tag us. Tag, Maybe. Tag us at Dumb Love. Hey, tag us. Dumb Love We'll podcast. do couples therapy together. Yeah. It could be me, Sally, <laughs> and you in three months worth of free couples therapy. That sounds amazing. So, yep. That's that's just my quick story. I just thought that was interesting that they're doing that. That's such yeah. a unique thing. Also, hey, homework. Let's all go watch this 
movie. Yeah. And let's talk about it. I'll talk. Oh, okay. I promise I'll watch it and then we'll talk about it on the next episode. Are you going to spend $15? Hopefully by then it'll be $5.99. All right. <laughs> <laughs> or somebody, somebody just tell us what happens. Yeah. Just tell us what happens. <laughs> All right. Jen. Sally. <laughs> Are you ready for a crazy story? Uh-huh. Okay, so I want to give a quick shout out. So I am, you know, I, I think we're both big fans of My Favorite Murder. Yes. And I am in the My Favorite Murder Atlanta group, like Facebook group. Uh-huh. And I was struggling to find something, a story for today. So I posted on there. I was like, hey, does anybody have any good like crazy stories about, you know, couples or love triangles or whatever. And a bunch of people responded. So I'm all set for a while. (laughs) They sent, um, and this was one that somebody suggested to me and I'm so excited because it's really crazy. So thank you to the MFM Atlanta people. Awesome. Um, and I got my information from a BBC article by a writer named Beth Ann Bell, and then also some from the Guardian and the Guardian. Yes. Okay. So uh, on the day before Easter in 2015, Victoria Sillers was happier than she'd been in a long time. She had recently had her second child um, with her husband, Emil, and who Emil was often abroad for his work. He was in the Royal Army. And um, so they didn't see each other very often. Um, But Emil suggested that the two skydive together. And skydiving was a hobby that Victoria loved. She had had done, um, I want to say it was like over 2,000 dives. That might be too many, but a lot. She Before she had kids and was married, that she described this hobby as her whole life. And being in the Army, um, Emil also was a skydiver. So it turned out that, I mean, it turned out the two had grown apart over the last year um, Emil had started to stay overnight at his barracks, which were, were about 45 minute drive from his home in Amsbury, Wiltshire. So this is all happening in England. And I say that I was like, is that right? It's right. <laughs> uh, so Victoria was worried that Emil was becoming cold towards her. And she was terrified of him walking out on her and the children because she had like a two year old and a newborn. Mm-hmm. And he had grown up, Emil had grown up in South Africa with his parents and a younger brother and sister. He had worked his way up his father's construction company and then moved to the UK in 2000. And when he moved, he left behind two children, um, a boy and a girl in South Africa. So he was working at Wait, a bar. Wait, he left his children behind? So this is with another woman. Oh. Yeah. So he already had okay. two and then... He eventually has two more. So he has four children when he meets Victoria. That he's, I don't know if he's taken care of or not. Um, But he was working at a bar in Oxford when he met a woman named Carly Taylor, who he would eventually marry. Um, And then those two got divorced, um, even though they were still on amicable terms, and she lived about five minutes away from, um, from their home, Victoria and Emile's home. So Emile, who's now a father of six, um was growing more and more distance and distant from Victoria. And Victoria, you know, she just like was held on tighter and tighter. So she would send emails and texts to him while he was away saying she loved him and she missed him and he would often just not even answer. Um, and she was worried that he had fallen out of love with her or that he was seeing someone else. Mm-hmm. She sent him one text that said, I feel like a failure as a wife. It just makes me so Aww. sad. Um, 
apparently she had she was still scarred because her first husband had been um, had cheated on her and Emil knew that and he so he blamed her suspicions on his behavior on like her oh like, like she'd be he would be like not everybody's a cheater right like you're just being emotional like this isn't um it's not me this is all about your first husband don't put that on me and he he just kind of like kept her in limbo about their relationship like was very up and down like when she was a few days away from giving birth to their second kid he had texted her from uh, a trip he was on for the army and said, I need to decide whether I want to be in this marriage. I think maybe we've gotten, had gotten married too soon. Just like, oh you're in your God. second kid, dude. Yeah. So fucking, you should have decided before now. Yeah. So Victoria at that point cried so hard. She said she thought it might harm the baby. Oh. So it turns out he was also, he had debts that were just spir- spiraling out of control. Did Spiraling out Spir- of control. Yes, thank you. Uh, <laughs> Can you please? I think I had too much cold brew. Cold brew? Yeah. yeah. That'll make you cuckoo. Right? I, well, we were out of coffee this morning, and then I went to drop Max off, and there's this coffee shop, like a real fancy coffee shop right by his daycare. And, Ooh, which one? Uh, it's called Radio Roasters. I've never heard of it. It's really cute. It's right by um, the farmer's market. So anyway, but it's like one of those super strong. I mean, you can see. Oh, I, yeah. I, I like, like had. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, hello. <laughs> what are we doing? No, cold brew is dangerous. It'll give you a heart attack. Yeah. You never know like the strength. I feel like this is very strong. It's like edibles, you know? Right. Oh, yeah. When all of a sudden you're like, all of a sudden you're like, I got to leave. <laughs> so if I just get up and go to bed, then yeah. you'll know. It's yeah. hit me. <laughs> That's my move always. So I'm just like, I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> Panic. <laughs> Panic. Um, okay. So he had debts spiraling that were out of spiraling out of control. Over the seven years that they had been together, Victoria had given him more than 19,000 pounds. Um that's money in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're so good at. Do we have any? Do we have any um, monopoly listeners? money we can play with? <laughs> do we have any listeners in? in, uh, in we England? do. Do we? We do. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. This probably just hurts I your know. ears when I do my pretend. You British know what accent. though? There's nothing that I enjoy more than hearing um, people in different countries do American accents. Yes, I, that it is, is so fun for me. Yeah, I love that too. So maybe you'll find it charming. So yeah. <laughs> Good day. I was going to look up um, our our UK audience. Yes. We it's definitely like have four. a UK <laughs> Hey, spread the word. If you're listening Actually, to Actually, it's seven as of this week. Well, seven, seven people in UK listened within the last four days. Oh, okay. We're getting so, Okay. Why don't you guys get together? Form a group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, if you are in the UK and you're listening, would you send us a message? Join our Instagram and send us. We're a actually pretty big in Australia. All I'm right, you guys say. send us a message too. Yeah, you guys do send us your because I love a lore of to do <laughs> an Australian accent. <laughs> so bad, so so bad. Yeah, I do it bad on purpose because it's funnier that way. Yeah. So just so you know, I'm not making fun of you. I'm making fun of myself, Australia. <laughs> just Australia in general. Yeah. Uh. Okay. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> so I told you, this cold brew has got me hyped up. Yeah. Okay, so he had a lot of debts. Emil had a lot of debts. Um, a bailiff from a payday loan company had been to their home and 
Victoria had been home alone, which she had been pregnant, and she had felt intimidated and afraid. And she had sent her husband a text about it. And he just wrote back, why are you worried? They can't do anything. He had taken out several high interest loans with a payday loan company. He asked friends for money. He promised to pay it back. And he had transferred $2,000 three times out of Victoria's saving accounts to his own without her knowledge. So when she noticed those transactions that like $2,000 three times, which I'm like, I can't, it's crazy that you wouldn't notice that, that they were missing. He told her that it, her account had been hacked. And so she actually called the bank and was like, I've been, my account's been hacked. And they investigated and they were like, no, that IP address that did those transactions was from your home. Oh, so, it's coming from inside the it's coming house. From inside the house. Yeah. So she loved him though. She loved him very much. She was the father of her children and that felt very important to her. And so when he offered to skydive together, it was kind of the first thing they had done together in like a year. And so the day of the skydive, it was kind of a bust. Like the weather was too bad to go up. So Emil told Victoria that he would watch the kids the next day so that she could go again. And um, he, the end of that day, he put her parachute in the locker for the next morning. Um, Victoria returned to the airfield on Easter Sunday and she texted her husband saying she was tempted to go home and eat her chalk egg. I know that was really bad. What and is that? I think it's like a chocolate egg. An, oh. For maybe an, an Easter chocolate oh, egg. Oh, yeah, 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 Okay. Because the weather was kind of bad again, but he was like, he encouraged her to stay until like the conditions improved. And she felt like, oh, he's putting me first. Like he knows <gasps> I want to do this jump. Like he was looking after their, after their children while she like enjoyed this hobby. And um, so she, she waited and she put on um, her parachute and went up in the plane in the cloud layer up to about 4,000 feet. And um, people who were there told, said that she was happy and she was excited to be jumping. Um, she fist bumped the other skydivers in the aircraft with her and, um, and she was the last to jump out. And so she stepped out of the aircraft, she fell for about three seconds and then she pulled the cord. And immediately she knew that something was wrong. So the line was twisted and she started spinning. Oh my God. So because she had completed, it does say here, 2,500 jumps. She knew she was very experienced. She knew what to do. She cut away the main chute and then she, um, she put the reserve chute up and it also did not work. (gasps) So that was the last thing that she remembered. She fell over 4,000 feet. Oh Um, my God. And the airfield... Airfield staff watched in horror as she fell to the ground. And they said she looked like a rag doll. Um, oh, my God. Being, like, flung around. And they were so certain that she was dead as she hit the ground that they took a body bag out to collect her. But by some miracle, she survived. I hope they, like, ran to her. They weren't like, let's <laughs> get that? the body bag. Yeah, here's the body bag. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, so she survived. She suffered a broken spine, a smashed pelvic, fractured ribs, and <sighs> internal injuries. And they said that because she was, she's a tiny person and also because the grass was like real fluffy, like that, wow. that somehow she didn't die, Holy even though shit. she fell 4,000 feet. Oh my God, that's insane. So it's... Super unusual for a main parachute to fail, fail, and it's almost unheard of for the reserve to fail as well. So no equipment 
anywhere in the world has ever failed in this particular way that this did. And so the British Parachute Association inspected the chutes and concluded that they had been deliberately sabotaged. And then so the investigation was sent to the police. And of course, the investigation instantly turned to Emil and the fact that he was having an affair. Oh my God. Um, Phone and computer records were seized and texts sent by Emil to his girlfriend, Stephanie Goller, were found. He had told her he wanted to marry her. They had planned a holiday together. He had browsed the internet for houses and he had promised her that they would be together. And he also told her that the that the second child, the kid that that Victoria had just had, he said that he wasn't even sure it was his. Oh my God. So they started, you know, they started digging and they also found all of his, um, his like financial, um, all of the financial stuff. And they they realized that he thought that getting rid of Victoria would solve both his problem with having the girlfriend and the financial stuff because he thought that he would get her life insurance. But because he was so horrible with money, she had changed her will to ensure that all of her assets went to her children. So he wouldn't have even gotten any money. Good. Um, so police found out that before the jump, Emil had taken the equipment into the toilet and sabotaged both chutes. He had twisted the lines on the main one and removed parts of the reserve chute. And he had put it in, like normally you would put all of the parachutes in one big um, main holding area uh-huh. um, instead of just in their, in a, in, a locker. in a locker. And he had put hers in a locker so that nobody else got it. Right. So after the parachute jump, Victoria um, was in intensive care and her husband turned up at her bedside. And rather than offer support or sympathy, he gave her a critical injury insurance forms to be signed by her doctor. He didn't even say that he loved her. He was there counting up her fractures because apparently on the insurance, you get a thousand pounds for each break. And he was (gasps) like, how many breaks do you have? Oh my God. And while he was by her bedside, he was texting Stephanie. Oh my God. I know. Flip so, this table. All right, flip, flip the table. Flip the table. <laughs> um, so in the first interview with the police, Emil cried about the situation with the love of his life, Stephanie, worrying that they would break up. And then in the second interview, he was like, oh, no, no, she was just an affair. And then at the third interview, he said, oh, I was crying in that first interview because I was worried about Victoria. And by the time the case went to trial, he said, oh, I had just been stringing Stephanie along. Like it wasn't anything. Oh my um, God. So Emil said that he, that somebody, he, at the trial, he was like, oh yeah, somebody else had, probably somebody else could have done it. It wasn't me. Uh, but he was convicted right away for, oh to life and he was convicted and sentenced to life in prison. I can't, I want to see a picture of this guy. I don't know why. I just feel like. He looks a little bit like. Swarmy. A not like i picture like a rat looking dude no he looks a little bit he's a little jason stathamy like he's kind of balding but not not as handsome not a handsome one yeah he's okay but he's no like i mean he doesn't deserve all these women i don't like him no i don't like him (laughs) i don't like him (laughs) there's something fishy um so emil was sent his life from prison and it turned out that this actually wasn't the first attempt on victoria's life holy shit um about two weeks before, he had tried to kill her in their home. He had opened a gas valve in the kitchen 
before leaving to go to his ex-wife Carly's house, the one that lived just a couple uh, blocks away, because they were also still lovers. Oh my um, God. And while his wife, toddler, and newborn baby <gasps> were all in bed. Oh my, what a fucking asshole. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously he was an asshole before, but to do that to your own child, like, right. oh my God. So he had gone, he had like gone and, and had sex with Carly. And then he had sent, as he was leaving, he sent like, he sent a couple texts to his girlfriend, Stephanie. And then he had checked an adult website for thrills, like just a, I think a porn site. Um, and then he drove 45 minutes back to his barracks. And then the following morning, Victoria woke up and went into the kitchen to get some milk for the children. And she smelled gas. And she texted her husband and asked, did you alter the valve in the, in the kitchen? Because there was some blood around it. He had like scraped himself. Oh my God. And she joked. She sent him a text joking. She said, what, are, are you, you trying to kill me? Are you <gasps> trying to bump me off? Oh my God. And of course he actually was. So... Victoria has said that she has been staying strong for the children. Like she said, I've been through every emotion under the sun. I've had plenty of time to think about things, which is why I'm probably not overtly angry. Um, I've got two young children and I'm the sole care for them. I can't be angry, bitter, really emotional. I need to be keep an even kill for them. And then four months after Emil was sent to prison, Victoria completed another skydive. And this time she wow. raised money for the rescue service who saved her life. Oh, yeah. How awesome is there a cool picture of her being awesome? There is a cool picture of her doing her <laughs> tandem skydive. Hell um, yeah. After she almost died the first time. So that is the crazy story of Emil and Victoria Sillers. Oh my God, that's crazy. Okay. Hey, Sally. Yes, Jen. Are you ready for a love story about two people that are actually in love? Yes, please. And they love each other. <laughs> like, please restore our faith in humanity. Jen. Yay. Well, these people will restore your faith in love and they'll also restore your faith in humans. Okay. Um, so also known as humanity. <laughs> <laughs> so this um, story comes from a couple of things. There's an article... Um, in realsimple.com. Oh, don't you just love a real simple? So good. It just makes it so it's like a it's like the magazine version of the Great British Bake Off. It's just like it is. <laughs> very clean and simple and pretty. Yeah. Yeah. It's very calming. Nice. And this is came from an article that was about um, love stories. Like it was just like 10 amazing love stories. Yeah. And then I found further information from the Houston Chronicle written by Eric Berger. Thanks, Eric Berger. Yeah. Uh, this is a story about Vernata Pasqualini and Wadi Ara, who I love a good Pasqualini. I just love that name. Yeah, that's, that's such a great name. Um. So, okay. It could be, I could totally see you as like a Jen Pasqualini. Yeah, you know, I you never got a cool Italian. I look, I, well, I'm half Italian, yeah. but I my dad's last is the Irish, so his last name's O'Neill. Yeah. So I never got that cool. My no. mom's last name was Pizzo. Oh, that's I a good one. Jam Pizzo. My cousins, they're Tucci's. We get to call, that's a fun one. Yeah. Call my cousin Rob the Tooch. <laughs> <laughs> 
Ouch. I didn't get a good one. I also call him the Keto Guido. <laughs> Shout out to Robbie Tooch. So, okay, Renata, uh, Renata and Wadi. What's crazy is that they actually grew up in the same city in Brazil. And they went to the same elementary school, the same high school, and then they actually went to the same college at the University of Sao Paulo. But because they were six years apart Mm -hmm. in age, they never once crossed paths. Yeah. So it wasn't until they... So both of them shared... Not only did they grow up in the same town in Brazil, but they both shared a passion, which is... Um, which is a great passion to have. It's finding a cure for cancer. Oh, They're okay. both cancer researchers. Yes. Wow. Isn't that great? Yeah. And so they both were living, um, uh, they both moved to the United States um, for further education and medical school. Uh, Wadi studied cancer biology at Stanford, and Renata did a post doctoral research at harvard university oh so there's a couple so of dum smart <laughs> yeah um look at the big brains on look at the brains on these Renata. <laughs> oh you think it's as smart um so in 1993 wadi needed a hard to find chemical for a particular experiment um and his he so he asked his college advisor back in brazil you know do you have any idea where i can get this particular element or whatever yeah so he was like oh you know what you should contact Renata Pasqualini, who is currently living in Boston because apparently she was using that same exact element. So he was at his office in San Diego at the time and she was in Boston and then they just kept um, corresponding by email. And apparently this was like back in... um, like in 1993 when the internet was kind of a new thing and so 44 people in the lab all shared this same email address so in this email address (laughs) that like 44 people and they were able to like write back and forth to each other yeah and kind of sparked um, a friendship like it started out as professional yeah but then they started having like conversations and philosophical conversations and stuff um but still none of them were like being romantic at all it was just a deeper friendship so then that August, he invited Renata to come out to his labs and um, and talk about, you know, her research and, like, give, okay. a, give a speech. Oh, okay. So when he picked her up at the airport, though, he said he took one look at her and was like, uh-oh, oh, no. I'm in trouble because <laughs> she was so pretty. Um, and Renata says, this is what's funny, Renata said, I didn't think that. <laughs> But Wadi was exceedingly charming. Like, so she goes and she gave the lecture on a Thursday. And so she said that her company that sent her out there was being cheap and that they made her stay an extra day. So the flight was cheaper. So she had like two days, two extra days to kill. So she went in on a Thursday and then she stayed until Saturday. But on that Friday, Wadi took her to a classy restaurant. And he said that he just knew immediately. And that night... At the restaurant, he held her hand and he asked her to marry him. What? Yeah. And she said that, she said, he put his hand in mine and something incredible happened. I knew I was in love. I said yes. Oh, wow. So like just from like a handhold. I mean, they had obviously like mutual interests and common interests and stuff. Communicating. Communicating. But yeah, what I said, we hadn't even kissed yet. Like they hadn't even kissed. And she said yes, that she would marry him. She also said there was no alcohol involved either. (laughs) (laughs) And that she's not known to be an impulsive person. And apparently half of their friends were excited for them. And half of them were like, you guys are nuts. Yeah. So within two months, 
they actually met up in Reno and then they got married at an all night chapel. <laughs> yeah. And so um, there's another article. I can't find where the quote is, but when he talks about getting married at the chapel and Reno, oh, here it is. He says, they don't ever close. It's the emergency room for marriages. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. They got married there. And then um, for the first six months, they didn't even live together because Renata had experiments that she needed to finish. Yeah. She's got a job to do. She's like, I got things to do. I can't drop everything to come be in pole. I'm going to marry you. Yeah. I'm not going to come live with you. I also have cancer to cure. Right. Uh, So they phoned and emailed and saw each other whenever they could. And then finally in um, 1999, they both accepted a job together to head up the research laboratory at the University of Texas, MD Anderson Cancer Center in Houston. Amazing. Yeah. So they do all of their work together side by side in the lab. And all of their colleagues say that, you know, normally that wouldn't be a good idea to put a couple in there. But they say that they're just perfect together. And they just like ebb and flow together and feed off of each other. And that they're just like the perfect pair. So what's really amazing is that through all of their um, uh, experiments and research, they discovered that blood vessels have what they different molecular signatures based on where they're located in the body Uh Um, so they theoretically this is what according to the chronicle they call these kind of zip codes of the body so what they do is they take a drug and they attach it to a molecule so that it's chemically attracted to that particular oh so they can target yeah where the cancer is yes so that the cancer only attacks the blood vessels that are feeding the cancerous tumors, but not the healthy ones. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's really smart. They also discovered that they can do the same things with uh, blood vessels that feed fatty tissue. So as a result, they created a drug that destroys a specific type of blood vessel that feeds prostate cancer and it's in a phase one clinical trial wow yeah and then there's a second and this this is something totally separate but through their research they were able to also see that this other drug um because of the whole like zip code thing yeah they were they discovered another drug that can zap fat and it's been successful in treating obesity in mice and monkeys and then next they're gonna try it on humans all right you try it on me you can try i'm here i'm a mice and a monkey (laughs) um yeah, I think that sounds amazing. That and so, amazing. yeah, so they're doing a bunch of really great work. And it's, she says, Renata says it's a marriage. So there are disagreements, of course, but in the end, everything is sorted out by logic. And she said that, I guess it was destiny. Brazilians are really big into destiny. Oh, I love that. That's I know. such a good story. I hope I did that okay. I think you did it great. Okay. I loved it. Yeah, I, I- think it's great. And I think... isn't that crazy to think that they were in the same town yeah in one part in one country and then meet on another side of the world and just because of a that they were both using a rare specific chemical yeah like how random it's crazy but brazilians are big into destiny big into destiny Okay, should we do something dumb and something we love? Yeah, let's do it. So I think the dumb thing is we are both stand-up comedians and we are both, you know, trying to dumb. figure out a way to make it in a creative field, which I think a lot of people listening can probably relate to, even if, you know, whether you're a stand-up or not, or whether you can relate to like having a dream 
and like knocking your head against the wall. Oh yeah. And being like, I don't know if it's ever going to happen. There's no guarantee no matter how hard I work. And I think that is a really, the unknown is a really hard thing for a lot of people. It's certainly yeah. really hard for me because uh, I'm somebody who wants to be like, just tell me how to do it and I'll do it. I'll work the hardest, but I just want to, I want a path, but mm-hmm. um, there's just not a way. So, you know, that is, I think, dumb and can really, it makes a lot of people quit um, give, and give up and go for something that's a little bit more certain and steady. And I never, I never thought I'd be somebody who'd be like, yeah, I get that. Yeah. But I do get it. I yeah. do get it. And I never begrudge anybody who's like, I'm going to go just have a job and have a life. And I'm <laughs> yeah. like, that, that sounds amazing, actually. Yeah. Um, but my thing that I love is that one of my best friends, and I'm not going to say his name because he just shared this news and it's his to share with the world. Yay. But he um, is one of those people who has been working and working and working and knocking his head against the wall. And he's so insanely talented. He's an insanely talented comedian and writer. And he's just been, he's one of those people who you're just like, man, he's just always working. Even if it's, even if he doesn't see any like end of it, you know, even if there isn't a goal, like, oh, I'm going to, this is going to have a payoff. He's like, I'm going to write a script because I need to learn how to write scripts. But he um, wrote a pilot and his he got to make it, and he just texted me that his pilot got picked up to series, and this is the first time he's ever done anything like this. And That's to have amazing. a pilot go to series is like so hard, so hard. It's like so one rare. in a million. Yeah. So I just am so excited and so proud of him, and I just it also gives me hope, and should give us all hope of just like you know keep knocking your head against the wall. Maybe the yeah. thing you think is going to happen, you want to happen doesn't but something else will come from it and whether it does or not like if the thing you're doing brings you joy if you love writing if you love doing stand-up if you love those things then like do it for the love of that you know yeah so anyway that's my thing I love I'm just so excited for my friend and hell yeah and he knows I'm who excited he is. for him too <laughs> that's awesome okay cool then I'm gonna do something I'm, a, I'm always just stealing off of whatever you do. Um, <laughs> Stop copying me, Jen. Sorry. You went first. I go second. <laughs> um, so, okay. So my something dumb, um, it just reminded me because you were talking about this. But yes, it is hard to be a stand-up comedian. But there's a show. I can't say which show it is because I did sign an NDA and I'm afraid I'm going to get in trouble if I say what it is. Yeah. But there was a show that I was supposed to I thought I was gonna be on it yeah I like went through months and months of interviews they interviewed my whole family oh my gosh friends of mine like all this I really thought it was gonna happen but in the end it did not happen and I can't say what it is because I signed a bunch of contracts saying I wouldn't but it's premiering this week (laughs) and it's so hard to watch I mean I'm happy for all the people that got chosen you know but it's just like the the pre the like the commercial for it is just like because I love this channel that it's on yeah. I love this channel yeah and so I just keep seeing the commercial over and over and over and over and I'm like god damn it yeah but that's life and that wasn't the opportunity for me maybe there'll be some other opportunities right. who knows but uh, it stings a little but I'll get over it I'll be, no it's I'll hard I think it is there's so much um, disappointment and so many like. This is it. This is gonna yeah, be my big break. I've had so, so many, many of those yeah. where I'm like, "This is the thing," and then you're like, "Finally, oh, nope. yeah, <laughs> nope. yeah," and then it's over, and then nothing happens or nothing comes of it. Yeah, I've had. Yeah, it. I think Stinks. yeah, lots and lots of those, and that it 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 really does suck. 
So I'm going to say, though, for something I love is I did get a good opportunity. Um, and you can buy tickets now. I'm going to, I'll be featuring for Rachel Feinstein Woo-hoo! at the Laughing Skull Lounge um, October 17th and 18th. And I'm super excited. And it was just such an honor to get picked because apparently they asked us to send in tapes a while ago. I didn't know what it was for. Yeah. And then I got the good news that apparently it was she had asked for tapes. Yeah. And she chose mine, yeah, which like that did. just makes me feel awesome. Maybe I'm told it was her, but I'm I'm also like, I bet it was like a manager. Or somebody something. chose you. But somebody chose mine. And for good reason, <laughs> because you're so funny and it's gonna be those are gonna be well, amazing shows and I'm excited because she's hilarious yeah. and I'm really excited to work with her and she's amazing. But um you can if you're if you live in the area, you Go can buy tickets and come see me and Rachel Feinstein. At yeah. Laughing Skull Lounge. There's multiple shows. Just look it up, dude. Look it up. LaughingSkull.org. Um, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> internet. So. Um, well, that is exciting. exciting. And yeah. you're going to get... You're going to get another big break. So are you, dude. Yeah. You're going to get a huge break. You are going to get a huge break. You're going to get the <laughs> biggest break. <laughs> we're Right now, we're secreting into the universe. Our breaks. Did Our you breaks. know, before we end this, I just want to say... Um, Sally and I have each other's goals on our vision boards. We do. It's so nice. And actually, I have one, uh, Lace Larrabee, if you're listening, she's a good friend too. She's a great comedian and actress. Um, I have one of her things on my vision board. I think we should put your friend's... Yeah, stuff on your vision boards and will good things to your friends as much as you get them to you. I think that, yeah. that it takes a village. It takes a village to <laughs> to to make the universe fucking do what you want. Yeah, do what I want. Universe, God damn it. <laughs> I mean, thank you for everything. I mean, like, thanks, it. universe, for everything. But god damn it. <laughs> oh, make it no. happen already. Um, okay, guys. Thank you guys for listening again. And get out there and do something dumb for love. Dum-da-dum, dum-dum-da-dum-da-dum-da-dum-da-dum-da-dum-da-dum-da-dum-da-dum-da-dum-da-dum-da-dum-da-dum-da-dum-da-dum-da-dum-da-dum-da-dum-